Hello, we are back here with Front Office Fridays co-host Ryan. How's everything going today, Ryan? Yeah, doing really good today, Victor. Glad we could hop on, record another pad- podcast today. We've got a really awesome guest, uh, fellow podcaster in his history as well. So it's definitely no stranger to the format we have going on. So uh, really excited to have uh, Pat here today. But Victor, I'll let you go ahead and uh, introduce our guest further. Good to hear everything's going well, Ryan, obviously. On the other side of the U.S. compared to me being here in Washington, <laughs> but won't hold anything against you there. Right away when it comes to the guests we're having on today, big reason why we did start this podcast in the beginning. So hats off to him as well as Alex and a couple other names here. But we're excited to have Patrick Buzzard, who is the Senior AE um, Business Development at Chronicle Sports Entertainment. A lot of teams under that bracket. We'll, we'll let Patrick here explain um you know kind of what that means and then we'll go into uh him talking about his college career as well yeah thanks for having me guys uh good good to be back on in the podcasting space a little bit been off off for a little while uh since things got a little bit crazier making a in this industry but yeah so general overview of what i do for a job is that I am on our business-to-business sales team at Kroenke Sports and Entertainment. So Kroenke is the holding company for the Denver Nuggets, the Colorado Avalanche, the Colorado Rapids, and the Colorado Mammoths. So that's NHL, NBA, MLS, and NLL, the National Lacrosse League Indoor Box Lacrosse. Um, Being on the business-to-business sales team, I do get to sell for all four. So most teams have their own individual account executives. Um to be selling, servicing, and just focus on their one team versus my team was formed with the idea that businesses didn't want to deal with multiple sales reps at once. Uh, That once you're talking with someone, they're going to want to have someone that's a one-stop shop. They don't want to have to keep track of dealing with multiple people at once. It, It just makes things easier on the business community and allows for better relationships to be able to be fostered in the business community, uh, here in the Denver area. So that, that's the general idea behind why, why my department exists, why I'm able to sell for four teams at once. Uh, and yeah, I just focus on selling businesses. I can sell real, I can sell anyone, but my main focus is finding businesses. And then I also do get to service some of our premium accounts as well. So we also do handle all of, uh, we do handle our club Lexus area, which is the premium space for the, for the Denver Nuggets and Colorado Avalanche. Uh, and then also premium uh, memberships for the Colorado Rapids at Dick Sporting Goods Park. So that's our uh, all-inclusive summit club, patio tables, field side seats, and suites over there. Um, we also have a book of business um, of a certain amount of uh, premium members over there to be able to renew from year to year. Wow, that was a, a mouthful. I can I can tell that uh, you prepared that, which is awesome to, to hear. And I mean, why, why not you know, only sell for one team if you can sell for four different teams, four different leagues. Uh, being able to get that opportunity is pretty incredible. And there's only a few sports organizations um, when you think about it overall that do that. Chronic, um, obviously, being one of them. Um, glad to hear everything's coming well there. It seems like you have a lot on your plate. I mean, I'm I only have one team over here, and I'm busy as heck, so I can't imagine with the the four there, but. Going back to your college, obviously, career, explain kind of what that that process was, what college you chose, and 
the reasonings why and um, explain kind of what you did when it came to the college and getting the experience that you had at that time? So um, when I was in high school, I was between a lot of different careers that I thought I might want to pursue. At one point, I thought I might want to be an architect. At another point, I thought I might want to be a lawyer. But uh, I, I come from a sales background. I come from a sales family. Uh, both my parents in sales, both my cousins on my dad's side in sales, uh, uncles, aunts over on my dad's side, all in sales. Uh, grandpas both were in sales. Like I just, it, it comes in the family. It was the background. And I kind of finally decided that that's probably what I wanted to pursue as a path. And then I also knew like, I can't be sitting around selling insurance all day. Like that's, that's just not me. I would not be able to like, have a good time while doing that. Uh, so I needed to find something uh, that would make selling be fun for me, like something that I could be able to talk about, go in every single day uh, and be able to do. And so I kind of realized, hey, maybe this sport management could be something that I could do. I could go and like sell for sports teams. Um, and so while I'm looking at colleges, I realized where my mom went to, Ohio University, um, had the best undergraduate sport management program in in the country. Well, they're, they're ranked in the top four uh, for postgrad. There aren't really rankings for undergrad. Uh, but when, once I saw that, I was like, hey, like I should go visit. Uh, they're going to give me in-state tuition if I wind up going there, uh, being an out-of-state alum. Uh, but yeah, growing up in Kansas City, Ohio, wasn't exactly uh, one of the things that I'd be looking for at first. But uh, being able to have that connection of being a legacy was pretty great in that regard and then yeah went went to campus fell in love with the university on campus uh and immediately was like this is where i'm going to go to school got on the sport management program uh and yeah had a great four years there there and they were able to set me up with several internships uh and be able to get me a job uh before i graduated yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy to think. I know Ohio is obviously one of those colleges I always see on LinkedIn. I mean, 24-7, you guys definitely represent when it comes to the sports industry. And I think it's funny how you say, like, you couldn't see yourself selling insurance. And, man, dude, I'm right with you. I, I couldn't sell anything besides sports. I, I just have such a passion for the sports industry. I know you do, too. And it's interesting. I didn't know that your family did everything when it came to comes down to sales and everything. So it makes more sense that, you know, you chose that career path there, um, but kind of switching over to, um, you know, those internships that you're kind of referring to towards the end there. Um, I'm going to pass it along to Ryan here who can explain kind of, you know, ask you those questions when it comes to those internships and how you secured them. Yeah. Thanks, Victor. Yeah. Super excited to dive into those internship experiences now, Pat, because you did such a great job of outlining some of the great benefits that Ohio has. I know for me, when I was in school at Iowa, I got to work with some Ohio University students uh, during a sport practicum I took in San Diego. So there's so many different opportunities that the Ohio program provides to you and the networking component is right there with it and providing you with different alumni at the school that you know work in the sports industry. And we know how big of a piece that is towards getting your foot in the door in sports and getting those initial experiences. But what you do outside the classroom a lot of times speaks more volume than what you do in it. So for you, you were able to get a couple different internships while you were still in school at Ohio that really kind of allowed you to separate yourself a little bit from some others looking to get into sports. So let's start with your opportunity with the Kansas City Chiefs. You talked a little bit about how that was, you know, being in an area that you are familiar with. And it was kind of your first initial experience working in the sports uh, realm 
realm of things and you were able to get some of that nitty gritty experience making those kind of cold calls and helping out with the team revenue side. So talk a little bit first on how you first got connected with the opportunity to work with such a great organization like the Chiefs and what you also took away in your learning experience while you were able to work with the Chiefs organization. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the question, Ryan. So um, the Chiefs opportunity, I literally just found on Teamwork Online. Uh, I was in, in when I was at college, I probably looked on Teamwork Online every single day once I knew that it was a thing just to see what new opportunities were coming up every single day so I couldn't miss anything. And yeah, uh, what, when, when you see a job with your hometown team uh, co come available that you think you may have a shot for, uh, you got to go for it. So I was able to see the position come available on Teamwork Online. Uh, and I was like, this is an internship for a NFL team. I'm a sophomore in college. There's there's no possible way I could get this. But I, I tried my hardest. I went to my uh, academic advisor, my career advisor uh, at the time, James Biddick. He was able to help me out with, uh, with, with getting my cover letter perfect, getting my resume perfect, uh, and, and just prepping to where I could have the best possible uh, opportunity for getting the job. And then um, in the interviews... I kind of like sold what little experience I had. I had like no experience in terms of sales or anything at the time. So I talked about how I like made calls to active members of my fraternity when I was a pledge uh, because I had to set up interviews with them and sold that as like cold calling experience. So you just kind of have to find like what you've done already in order to like make some experience and sell yourself. So I was able to do that. I got the job. Uh, took spring semester of my uh, sophomore year off of school, was able to move back home, which was great. I got paid a uh, Missouri minimum wage. So it was pretty good to be able to move back home uh, and, uh, and have that benefit while doing that sort of an internship. But yeah, it was, it was a great experience. What I did was I essentially ran their stadium tour department. So they let me as an intern, just like schedule every single tour and, set the schedules for all of our tour guides and sell every, every tour. I wasn't giving them myself. I was just running the back end of it. And yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience. Like all my tour guides were um, at least in their sixties. I had one maybe in his eighties at the time. So it was kind of in, in, an interesting experience having people having that far of an age gap in terms of the people that you're kind of like working with directly in your job. Um, and yeah, so I kind of learned how to communicate across barriers like that. Um, all of my other fellow interns had already graduated college. So like communicating with people in a similar situation, but also a little bit older than you as well. And then uh, I kind of got my first steps of learning like how to work in an office environment, um, how to be productive in, in an office, how to, uh, when you're not, don't have much to do, how to like ask for more things to do, uh, because if you don't have anything to do, like you need to ask for it. Uh, sometimes they just won't give you anything because they, for whatever reason. So you just kind of have to learn how to be able to ask for things to do. Uh, I learned that I can't really like, office work isn't my thing like data entry uh looking stuff up just typing mindlessly all day that's that's not for me i learned in that of like doing that intern grunt work like that's not what i want to do i need to be active i need to be doing more than just 
that sort of work and that's all important like bless those people that are able to do it because it's, it's just not for me um so it taught me all of that it taught me that i wanted to try something more sales focused because i really didn't get the opportunity to do much and maybe i also didn't make the opportunity as much for myself in the role which is one of the other things i learned uh there could have been some more stuff that i, I could have done in that internship uh but i didn't really do as much sales work because all of my selling was from interest forms that were coming in of people that wanted to do uh, groups, group tours of Arrowhead Stadium. So um, that I'd say that would be one of my regrets. I wish I did a little bit more in terms of like prospecting and trying to find new, uh, trying to find new organizations to call on to sell more tours. Uh, but I, I was proud of myself for the work I did at the age I did and the knowledge that I did. Uh, and yeah, it set me up to be able to like have that experience to get future internships and uh, set myself up for, yeah, more success later. Yeah. It's really awesome to hear you kind of reflect back on that opportunity, Patrick, because you touched on the side of how, Hey, I'm a sophomore. I don't have a lot of experience. I'm going to sell what I have in this interview. But once you did get out for that, get in that opportunity, you know, you made the most of what you had, but still were able to kind of reflect back on later and say, Hey, there was opportunity for me to continue to grow, continue to develop uh, as a young professional. And uh, that kind of, you know, led you into your next opportunity with the Dallas stars and other, you know, big professional organization, uh, you know, the following year where you were, able to get a little bit more of that sales uh, experience. So uh, I'm first interested in kind of, did you make a little bit of a conscious effort, you know, back then in that moment when you were still in college between your sophomore and junior year that, yeah, this is something that I want to continue to pursue. You know, I got this experience with the Chiefs, a really big organization in my hometown, but I'm still kind of seeking out some other opportunities where I can continue to develop professionally based around, you know, learning what I did and did not enjoy out of that experience. So having set all that up, you know, talk a little bit more about how you were able to transition into, you know, an inside sales internship, uh, you know, with the Dallas Stars and uh, again, how that kind of came about for you and uh, what you kind of self-reflected in between those two internships as well. So after the Chiefs, I knew sports like this is the industry for me. Like I, I loved going to work every single day there. I knew like, yeah, th this is what I need to do. But I also was like, for this next one, I need to do something that's like fully sales focused. Like I know, I know that's probably what I want to do. So I need to get one that is sales, a sales focused internship where I'm really going to be doing an inside sales work just to make sure before, before I graduate here. Uh, so that if for some reason it's not for me, I'll have a year to figure, figure something out. Uh, luckily it turned out that, yeah, I loved, I love sales, but kind of what that process looked like from then the moment I was able to get back on campus after, uh, after spending eight months off campus, uh, was that luckily Ohio university has their own sports career fair called Darren Butler sports business forum. Uh, so I was able to go talk to some teams there, um, kind of figure out what their internship outlook looked like, um, wasn't really able to get much traction from there, but from connections from there, was able to get in contact with some other opportunities that were going on with other teams. I made it to final round with two organizations. Uh, and unfortunately, like a week or two before the semester ended, found out that I didn't get those internship opportunities. Uh, so I was kind of left with nothing two weeks before the semester ends, finals week. Uh, I'm freaking out going into my academic advisor's office being like, what can I do here? Like what, what other options do we have? 
And luckily she sat down with me. Uh, we took a deep breath. She told me not to panic too much yet. Uh, and we went through different options. Uh, and luckily she was able to find me something with the Dallas Stars. Uh, they had just posted about their internship. Uh, she was able to reach out to a couple of Bobcat alums in the area. Um, I was able to also get some other connections that had um, connections with the stars to be able to put in a good word for me and send my resume in uh, and was able to secure an interview and be able to go down there. Um, had to go back home for a month to Kansas without the, without uh, a job, but yeah, I was able to spend two and a half months down there. I uh, got, it was an unpaid internship. Uh, so I kind of had to like find my own way, support myself, but I was like, this is an investment in my future. Uh, luckily I'd earned some scholarship money. I was able to make up for the fact that I'd have to pay my own way down there. Um, but it, it was so worth it. Like I got two weeks of full inside sales training from them. Then I was able to be on the phones for seven weeks uh, during the course of that internship. Uh, and I learned just a massive amount. Uh, it gave me the opportunity to like build confidence for myself. I was, I was scared to death of making calls when I started, like uh, had to, had to learn to get myself up to being able to make over a hundred calls a day. I'd probably make about 120 when I was down there. Um, had to, had to fight through the 300 level single game buyers that everyone does. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it, it was tough. Like it humbled myself. Uh, as sales tends to do, uh, but I was able to make the most of it. I worked, I worked my butt off. I uh, was able to get some early success. Made made the first sale of my group. Um, once I started getting some more success, uh, being the first one to sell a fall, I uh, was able to convince my bosses to give me some better leads. I got some playoff single game buyers. Was able to get some better uh, some better leads from that and make a big thirty five k sale. Of which, uh, yeah, that that was crazy being able to sell that as an intern and yeah i mean it just it taught me about the sales high uh and that like th this is what i want to do uh and yeah let me be able to go back to campus in the fall with some really great resume points and knowing i'd be able to get a job uh before this the school year is over yeah, that's such awesome insight. I feel like I can think back to when, you know, I was in school and I was always trying to learn from others in the industry. Oh, how did you go about getting these internships? You see these big organizations, you're like, how do you do it? And and your story, you know, different ways to kind of go about it. There's not one way. With the Chiefs, it was teamwork online. You were able to go through that application process. Through the stars, it actually looked like you were kind of in a spot where you're like, oh, I, I don't know if I have anything at all. And you were able to reach out and find some connections that way through your alumni network as well in your school. So I think that's such a great great lesson that we can learn. And uh, especially you like touching on some of the emotional side where it's like the seller's high, but also kind of the negative right before it. you're like, Oh, I just lost out on these two internships. You're kind of freaking out. It's stressful. It's finals week, all very relatable things that I'm sure a lot of our listeners currently in college that are, you know, looking to find their place and their footing in the sports industry. You know, it's not always that linear growth that you may necessarily kind of expect it. Um, but then you're able to kind of look back and reflect and say, Oh yeah, I did kind of take a little bit more uh, from that place than maybe I initially thought uh, in the moment there. And uh, also you mentioning that it was an unpaid internship with the Dallas Stars as well. That's also a really respectable thing. Uh, you know, you, as you said, taking that initiative to develop yourself professionally, uh, you know, while it may come at a cost and not everybody can take that on, if you do have the opportunity to, to do that, maybe consider it and see how you can, you know, learn yourself and uh, ask your superiors to take on more and, and get more leads, as you said. So a lot of really good lessons, I thought there uh, in your story there, Patrick, because I know so many of our audience 
are people that are currently in college, are people that are actively looking for those, you know, initial internships and, and foot in the doors. So uh, I'm really glad you were able to kind of highlight that, but looking to transition a little bit further, let's talk a little bit about post-grad. I'll send it over to Victor uh, and we can talk a little bit about your time wrapping up at Ohio and transitioning to a full-time role. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely agree with that, that uh, sales high. I, I mean, for mine, it wasn't that big of a sale. Mine was like a hundred bucks. And I was, you know, jumping up and down. And they just said, you know, keep making calls. So happy to hear yours was a little bit more, just a little bit more. But uh, <laughs> when it comes to, you know, you graduating and, and getting that first position with the Detroit Pistons, kind of walk us through how that worked. Obviously, when it comes to sales, most people go through the inside sales uh, either program, some some call it something, you know, business development classes as well, but kind of let us know like how you got that position. Obviously you got promoted, so you did pretty well there, um, but explain kind of how that process went um, and see, you know, I'm curious to see if teamwork online or if it was a different strategy. Yeah. So uh, when I got back to campus after my internship with the stars, uh, I was just building up my resume, building up my cover letters until uh, the Darren Butler's uh, sports business forum that I knew was going to be happening that fall. Uh, so before that, uh, yeah, I was just checking in, looking into all of the different teams that would be there, preparing myself as much as possible. Uh, and then I, I went in super prepared. I kept the list of the transactions that I made when I was with the stars to have an ancillary um, piece of paper that I could give in addition to my resume to show like, Here's what I did. I took off account numbers. I could have took off names. I just put in, I just left in products and um, products, plan size and revenue generated uh, on, on that sheet that I was able to hand over to teams to show them like, this is what I was able to do in seven weeks on the phones uh, as an intern. Like imagine what I can do for you as a inside sales rep, if you hire me. Uh, and that got me a lot of interviews. I was able to, I was able to sell myself and what I was able to do in Dallas to a lot of teams. I was able to set up, I think about seven interviews the next day uh, with various teams to be able to talk through with them uh, about their inside sales program. And they interviewed me. I interviewed them uh, kind of figured out what, what teams I'd want to kind of like move forward, pursuing a career with um, was able to get a few offers that I turned down uh, just because I knew that there were other teams that I really wanted to pursue more and managers that I wanted to work for more. Uh, and thankfully that, uh, that, that paid off and I was able to get the job that I really wanted with the Detroit Pistons. I was able to get offered that just a couple of weeks before, uh, before Christmas uh, in fact, I was driving down from another interview back to campus as I got the offer. And then I sat over a few days, prayed over it, talked to my parents uh, and was able to sign that offer letter back. And uh, pandemic hit uh, a couple months later. Thankfully, they didn't rescind the offer. Uh, I was still able to start in Detroit in June like I uh, like was initially promised. And uh, yeah, I was able to start my inside sales career uh, in Detroit in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah, I mean that's that's crazy you bring that up. Obviously you're you're excited you accept that position, then you know, pandemic out of nowhere hits and then you're like, you know, how many teams are actually gonna be able to to do it? So it's it's pretty uh crazy that you're able to um you know pull that off just with the, the time being Christmas around the holidays, obviously a great opportunity. 
all right, what it seems like is you just got to do another interview somewhere else and drive your way back. And then, and then you get a, a phone call or an email in that case. So I'll have to keep that in the back of my, my head there, but um, kind of, you know, getting that promotion, obviously, you know, you worked your butt off there, the inside sales representative um, when it comes to being promoted, like what was the, the ways you stood out um, getting to that, that next level and obviously um, making a pretty big impact as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was hard uh, be, to start your inside sales career in the middle of the pandemic. I mean, it took me months to make my first sale with the Pistons and that was just frustrating because it felt like I was hitting a wall day after day because there's nothing you could do. Like everyone knew that nothing was coming back any, any time soon. Like they knew that this pandemic was going to probably take a while as much as they hoped it wasn't going to. Uh, and so it was really hard to make some sales, but I grinded my way through it. Like I made sure I was top of the board in terms of calls, emails, text messages. Yeah. Like I just made sure that there, everyone knew that I was trying my hardest and I wasn't the one slacking. Um, a lot of people weren't putting in full 40 hour days or 40 hour weeks uh, during inside sales uh, just because they thought like, what's the point? No one's going to buy. I made sure that I was still putting in like, full 40 hour weeks as much as possible uh, that I was always going to make sure that I was near the top of the board, uh, at least in the top two, always trying to make sure I was number one there uh, and knew that sales would come that way. And they did. Um, I kept it up. I kept staying near the top of the board. Uh, and then as things gradually got better, I was able to make some more sales. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. was able to make some more sales. Uh, and found myself near the top of um, near the top of the board by the time that I got promoted. Uh, and I just made sure also that my bosses and the people I knew would be my future bosses knew that knew where I wanted to be. I kept having conversations saying, "Hey, I want to go and be an account executive, business development after this. Like that's where I want to be promoted to. What do I need to do to get there?" I set up meetings with the manager of business development and the director of premium on what I needed to do to take that next step and get there, and they told me what I needed to do. I did what they told me to do, uh, and they were and when the opportunity came available, they said, "Hey, you want this, put your name forward, interview for it, uh, see what you can do. Uh, and so I had, I had to interview like everyone else. Uh, one of the things you'll learn is for some reason, I thought that like, it would be a less formal process for, uh, for getting promotions. It's, it's completely formal when you do it. Like I still had to log on to teamwork. I still had to submit my updated resume. I had to submit an updated cover letter. Uh, I had to develop a 30, 60, 90 day plan. I presented to uh, the guys that would be my new bosses. I presented to uh, our VP. I presented to our CBO uh, and finally going through all of that. Uh, they got me lunch, presented me with the, with the offer for the new promotion uh, and yeah, I was able to, I was able to get that and it felt pretty good to be the first person promoted for my inside sales class. Wow. That sounds like a, a mouthful. I know for me, it was a little bit easier. I think in the minors, they might make it a little bit easier to get promoted when it comes to the process. I didn't have to do any interviews. Um, luckily, you know, if I had to, I, I don't know if I would have been an AE, um, based off my productions, but, um, no, it's great that you, I mean, the big thing that 
I'm kind of noticing is that that kind of grind mindset as well as just the mindset to, you know, always do better. Um, there's a lot of people in the sports industry. I think the first couple months, at least for me in sales, first two or three months, I'm not sure if it was similar to you, but like, like you said, not making any sales, it's frustrating. You obviously try to go through the mindset of like, Hey, what can I do better? What, you know, what am I doing wrong? Um, and so a lot of people obviously turn over within the first couple of months because they just don't like, you know, they give up, but obviously you didn't and you let them know where you wanted to see yourself in the future. And obviously excited that, um, you know, you get, you got that promotion, but I'll, I'll pass along to Ryan here um, to kind of talk about your time with the, the abs here. You, you haven't been there for quite a year yet. And ironically speaking, I think you and I are, I are kind of close to, when it comes to as many months um, with the, our new organizations we've been with, but I'll let Ryan kind of explain of uh, the next question when it comes to the apps. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's start jumping into, uh, you know, your big move there, Patrick, you know, going from Detroit to uh, Kroenke Sports, you know, Victor just highlighted, you know, the abs, but of course we touched on at the start, um, you know, the handful of different teams you're able to work in and the success that those teams had, you know, right after you started showing up, uh, those teams started to win. So obviously that's got to feel pretty good and a little bit of a change of pace from, uh, you know, what you had in Detroit, because at the pro level, there is a little bit of a difference compared to the minor league experience that Victor had in terms of, uh, you know, the the importance of that, you know, on field or on court, or in this case on ice success. So uh, for you, you know, jumping in into a really good team, a team that's having a lot of success, you know, specifically about the avalanche here uh, to kind of start, you know, what was that run kind of like for you, you know, coming on at the end of the regular season into the playoffs? Uh, did you feel like you kind of had to catch up on the fly? Was it, was it very welcoming for you? Uh, not too overwhelming. Talk a little bit about what that was like, uh, you know, making a move and jumping into a new organization while they're in the middle of this, you know, deep, deep run. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was crazy when I started. I mean, it felt like once I came in, we were going a million miles a minute just because uh, we knew that the avalanche were top of the NHL. We're going to try and go on a big postseason run, but then the nuggets too, like the nuggets were in a prime position uh, to be able to make the playoffs as well. Um, and so, yeah, like I, as I got in, it was like time, time to get started. Like, we need, we need sales up right away. Like time, time to get going and get some people in, uh, because we knew that like avalanche were probably going to sell out of foals later on. They also sold out of half season and, uh, and quarter season plans as well. Uh, but of which we didn't really know as much, but we knew like selling out of foals was a pretty real possibility. So like now's the time to get your revenue. Uh, and so I, I had to work hard, like going after, um, going after the leads I was given and then also generating my own, like going through the grind of self-prospecting and uh, trying to set new meetings and really like build a book of business in the city from scratch. Um, and yeah, just had, had to move forward with that and uh, get some sales in. And luckily I did, I was able to be part of selling out the abs in fulls uh, while the playoffs was going on uh, during the playoffs, like, we worked games uh, during that time. You were trying to like meet with people that were there uh, who were looking at getting into like 10 game or half half season plans sort of deal, getting them set up and signed up with that and giving them the process because that process was more that like they placed a deposit and then we placed them later, like during the summer uh, after what the playoffs would end. Um 
So like they're placing their deposit and then they'd get like a priority time. So we were like, we were meeting with people trying to get them in for that. Uh, but yeah. And then once you're like the game starts, no one wants to talk to you in the playoffs. Like, and managers know that thankfully, like work beforehand, talk with any people beforehand. Once the game starts, no one wants to talk with you. Everyone wants to watch. And like, then we're encouraged to as well. Uh, either go home uh, or stick around, but find a way to watch after that happens. And so, yeah, I was able to do that for their, for the entire playoffs. And it, it was a fun ride. Like I was in the building every single night, um, meeting with people, building relationships with my new premium clients. Uh, and yeah, just getting to be part of the energy of, uh, of the run. And yeah, we, we had some celebrations whenever we did have some big wins. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was fun to kind of like grow with my team as, as, as a part of that. And yeah, I mean, like I was in, uh, during the, finals um during the western conference finals and during the stanley cup finals they would open up the arena for away games to do in in arena watch parties and they sold tickets for like 10 or 20 bucks went to Cronky sports charities and you got to like be in the arena with everyone uh watching the game on the big screen and even though we were away like as stands brought it all uh and i went to those met with some prospects and like for game six, when the Avs won it, uh, we had a suite that we were able to bring some prospects into. Uh, and it's like, for some watch party when the game's not really going on, I wasn't sure how like meaningful it would be to some people, but I was able to bring a family uh, that was going to buy uh, some glass seats from me on the quarter season package. And it was so meaningful. Like, I got some great FaceTime with him. I've built an amazing relationship with him and his wife. Uh, and we were able to share... Uh, high-fiving after the Avs won the Stanley Cup final together. Uh, some of my coworkers were in there too, entertaining their clients as well. Like just there, there's no moment like it, like being able to experience that, uh, being in the arena live when it happens. Like, yeah, it, 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 I don't even know how to describe it. Like it, it is, it's what everyone wants and dreams for while in working in this industry. And I was so happy to be able to experience it myself. It was it was the right of a lifetime. And I was so lucky to be able to get that going uh, right, right as I started and it helped a ton with sales. It was really hard at that time to like focus on selling nuggets when the entire energy of the city was in selling apps. Uh, did my best to still be able to sell for those other teams at the time, but like the entire city just kind of was in the mode of like we're avalanche fans right now and going after that. And so uh, th that's kind of where it can be a challenge in selling for four teams is that sometimes the wind is in the sales of one and you want to ride it. Uh, but then you also can't forget for the other teams that you work for that you got to ride those, those sales as well. Uh, but yeah, it certainly made the sales come very easy for, for the apps. Uh, we were able to sell our deposits for half seasons and 10 game plans uh, after we won. And then uh, we sold out that week that we went on sale for all of it. And it was wild. Yeah, that's so cool to hear about that success and those memories that you said, being able to bring in prospective clients, being able to share those memories with them and you being at a loss for words for the feeling of what it's like to win a Stanley Cup fits right in with the narrative there. So uh, that's so, so cool that you were able to share those memories, sing all the small things with the whole crowd out for all those home games. Uh, that's just got to be incredible memories. I actually got to go to two Avalanche playoff games last year. They were actually both in St. Louis uh, in the second round. So I got to see that Nazem Kadri hat trick uh, that he had in game four. 
uh, of that series where all the Blues fans were booing him the whole game and he scored. So I didn't get to any playoff games in Colorado, but I got to see a little bit of Avs playoff action. So we got to share that at least a little bit similar there, Patrick. But you actually brought up an awesome point that I want to hit on before we jump into our Flash Friday segment in terms of, you know, that responsibility of working for four different organizations, uh, you know, four different teams uh, and having that responsibility where you said, you know, you want to ride the wave of the Avalanche. That's going really well. But hold on a minute. we got, you know, these other teams that we're still working on and selling for. And you touched on the importance of, you know, working different games and that value. How does your schedule kind of work in that sense in terms of what your responsibility lies of which home games am I working for which organization? I'd just be interested to hear a little bit about those logistics uh, in terms of how that work responsibility is kind of split up uh, between the four teams. Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't have to work every single game. Thank, thankfully, <laughs> uh, dude, that would be I'd probably be spending a third of my year at games. Uh, so thankfully, that's not the case. Uh, rather, instead, I'm one of six people uh, in my department in terms of sales reps. So we we have to schedule ourselves to evenly work every single game uh, and have one person there. So uh, I work basically every sixth game. There's a few games where two people are scheduled. But it winds up being that I'm scheduled for about 20, 26 or so games across the course of, of all of our seasons. And I don't have to be at any Mammoth games. Um, so across three teams, 26 games. I go to more. Uh, I certainly need to be at more because, like, this week I'm scheduled for two games. I'm going to be at three uh, there's another game on Wednesday that I'm going to wind up needing to go to, but I won't be there Tuesday night. So I get Tuesday night off. I'll go Wednesday when I wasn't scheduled because I need to meet with a couple of clients, drop a couple things off for them just because they're 10 game plan holders. They don't have other games. Like I need to be there at that one. Uh, and then I'm scheduled for Friday and Saturday. So I'll be at those ones and, uh, and doing work. And then, yeah, like that, that makes it be nice. So like some weekends, I'll choose not to go. I rather get what I need to done during the week. Other times I have to be scheduled that weekend. I'll take some of the weekday games off and do my work there on, uh, on the weekend games when I'm already scheduled. And then um, it just makes, makes you need to work at like being as efficient and effective at the games that you are at as possible. So you don't have to work any more games than you necessarily have to. So like today, uh, knowing that I have games coming up this Saturday. Um, I'm not really inviting prospects out to Avalanche games because we're sold out of packages there. But for Nuggets, like we do still have packages to sell. So uh, I was sending emails to all of the people in my pipeline being like, hey, would love to have you out to the game this Saturday. Uh, I can get you two to four tickets. Come out. Uh, we, we can talk a little bit further uh, about what you guys want to do. I can kind of hear your reservations, like come out. I'll give you some free tickets. We'll talk a little bit further. Enjoy the game uh, because I'm already going to be there. So may as well have as many people out as possible. Make the most of that Saturday night. Yeah, that's really awesome insight. I was always kind of curious on how that worked with the responsibilities between your staff with the different organizations. So awesome to hear you kind of touch on that perspective. So that kind of wraps us up in terms of the bulk of the podcast. We end our podcast, as Victor mentioned, with what we call our Flash Friday segment. So uh, we got to put you on the hot seat, Patrick. We got a couple questions for you that we want to find out. I'm going to start off. I hope it's not too difficult of one for you, but I want to start. You know, we spend a lot of times at sporting events in person, but let's say, you know, we touched on at the beginning how you had 
have your own podcast with your friends, Alex and Walker and Max. Let's say all four of you were getting together on a nice Saturday afternoon for whatever reason, you guys are all off and you can watch any sporting event, any, it could be college, it could be pro, it could be basketball, hockey, football, baseball, lacrosse, soccer, doesn't matter, but there's one sport that you got to pick to watch on a Saturday afternoon with your buddies. What sport would you choose to watch on TV when you're just kind of kicking back, relaxing? What would you pick? Oh, baseball. Easily. It's the best sport to be able to kick back and relax to. I, I grew up on baseball. I'm a massive Kansas City Royals fan. My family's had season tickets with them since 74. Like, baseball is the number one sport to just throw on, have some background noise, follow along a little bit, but be able to have some good time hanging out with the buddies. There you go. Love it. We'll, we'll have to get Alex in there. Maybe it'll be a Royals Guardians game. You guys can chat about it. Maybe Bobby Wood Jr. hits a nuke for you and, and it's all smiles. So uh, that's an awesome answer. I'm glad. I know Victor's got a couple as well. I don't want to steal all the Flash Friday questions here at the start. Victor, I'll let you go ahead and, and chime in on your Flash Friday questions. Here. Yeah, I, I think you already kind of hit mine earlier, which that's just you. You're always able to be thorough and answer those ahead of time. But my, my question is, like you said, the sales high. What was your first sale? How did it go? Um, and then kind of a follow-up to that, like, was your first call? Did This is just an interesting thing for our members to know. Was your first call that you ever made, did they pick up? Did you have to leave a voicemail? Or, you know, did they pick up? And, you know, what was that kind of feeling like, the first call? Because I know at first you said that you were very nervous. And believe it or not, I was in the same boat, didn't want to make a call. And third day on the job, I had to make, like, 50 calls. So got a little accustomed to it. Uh, yeah, my first sale was $350. Uh, it was a 10 game plan, upper level, uh, package. He bought one seat, uh, and I felt so great about it. It was awesome being able to get that $350 sale. Um, yeah, it, I, I, I don't remember that much else about the guy. I think he told me that I was the first person uh, that he'd been getting calls about season tickets forever. And I was the first person to actually convince him to do it. So that made me feel good too. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think it also was on a off day because the stars gave all of their employees the week of 4th of July off, but like I was already down there. So why like I wasn't going to go back up because I hadn't made plans for it. I only learned about it the week before so they needed some people like staffed in the office i went in i made it when like only two other guys were in there uh they gave me they gave me some claps for my first sale but yeah that's kind of what that was like uh and then my first call i'm trying to remember uh i actually think the guy did pick up um was able to get him talking about a 10 game plan and uh, we set a follow-up he never answered again. So par for the course there. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it sounds about right. Hey, that's uh, that's better than mine. Mine was, you know, go kick rocks. But obviously I was in Iowa. So a little bit, I mean, ironic speaking, but they only care really about their football and, and wrestling there. So I couldn't really do much damage with hockey. But um, my last question, and I'll pass it back to Ryan here. Um, when it comes to Colorado, obviously you made that big move and I've made a move here to Washington. I have family here, um, for you, like, I know it was huge for you to, to move out there, but do you have any family there? Um, if not, like, what's your favorite thing to do in Colorado now that you're uh, there? 
Yeah, um, I do have some family here. Uh, my cousin and her fiance live in town. They moved out here right after they graduated college, uh, met each other here, and they've got a house together. Um, so I knew that I'd be a little bit closer to family, and it's about a two, two hours off the drive back home. Uh, so eight hours rather than 10 uh, was kind of nice. But yeah, I mean, I really did have to start myself again. But luckily, this is the third time I've done it. I had to move someplace where I didn't know anyone else uh, for college and then for Detroit, too. Uh, so I just encourage anyone thinking about it. Uh, don't be don't be so worried. Uh, you'll see more of the country this way. You'll get to have friends in a bunch of different places. Uh, and I think you become a better person for it. Um, but Typically, I found it takes about a year to get settled in to a place. So I'm, I still wouldn't say I'm fully settled, but uh, I've started to kind of find a friend group. Um, I'm learning more about the city. I'm learning where I want to be for my next apartment lease, like things of that nature. Um, really, what I like to do out here is Colorado has a lot of mountains and beauty, obviously. So in the summer, I did a lot of hiking, uh, was able to find a app to where i could like find hiking trails how long they're going to be how far away they are uh, and i'd go up on a saturday morning and get some hiking in uh then now that it's winter i'm a big skier so um about an epic pass uh going skiing mainly at vale and beaver creek and uh yeah try and hit the slopes as much as i can on weekends when i don't have uh games to work Wow, that's a, that's an awesome answer. I, I got to get into skiing myself. I bet the mountains out there are uh, pretty incredible. I got to see that. But that actually kind of relates pretty well. Last question I got you for on this podcast, Patrick, our Flash Friday segment. So we've talked a lot on this podcast. It's pretty clear. It's established. You're a hard worker. I think that's uh, I, I can give you that uh, that declaration uh, right here on the podcast. But let's take a step back. Let's say let's say Patrick's trying to relax for a couple days in the middle of a hectic season. I got a two part question for you. What is your favorite vacation spot that you've already been to uh in your life so far and what is a vacation spot that you have not yet been to that's really high on your list that you would love to go travel to okay that's tough i've been to i've been to a few cool places um i would say ireland was pretty great uh yeah being able to see uh my ancestral homelands uh being able to tour the emerald isle yeah that that was that was probably my favorite vacation i've ever been on um and then i want to go to germany uh, i'm half irish half german so want to see the other half of where i come from go to germany it's, hopefully it's during like Oktoberfest. that would be pretty great uh german beer is pretty great so <laughs> uh yeah. yeah i'd go to germany for uh during Oktoberfest. Wow, that, that's a great answer, actually. I, I think that's a great call, going to Germany during Oktoberfest. You really can't go wrong. You know you're going to have a good time at that point. And Ireland as well. I'm a, I'm a fellow Irish descent uh, young man, so I, I have not been there yet myself, but I definitely respect the shout. Uh, definitely a, a, a good one there. I have to get to Ireland, but I'll, I'll take your word on that. I got that high on my list as well, so that's uh, that's really good stuff. So, Patrick, awesome job on this podcast. Really, really enjoyed it. I thought we hit a lot of really good things in terms of some of the nitty-gritty with your job, moving around, some kind of the human 
element, you know, times where things are tough or not going well, I think our listeners definitely can get a lot out of it uh, in this show. So we really, really appreciate it. We'd like to just wrap up, uh, give our listeners an opportunity to connect with you further. I know that Victor and I have both taken the initiative connecting with you on LinkedIn, which is such a big platform that we like to hit on uh, in this podcast. But uh, I want to let you get the opportunity to go ahead and share a way that our listeners can go ahead and get in touch with you. Yeah, best best opportunity to get in touch with me, uh, Patrick Buzzard on LinkedIn. Uh, I've also got my email address and phone number on there. Uh, more for prospective sales buyers, but uh, feel free to send me a text, give me a call, shoot me an email, or shoot me an end message, whichever uh, one you feel more comfortable with. Would love to connect further with anyone looking to connect with me uh, and learn anything more about me or having any questions for me. Awesome. Awesome. Really, really appreciate it. Definitely encourage our listeners to do that. And if you're in the Denver area and you want to watch some hockey, some basketball, some soccer, some lacrosse, we got our guy right here, Patrick Buzzard. Amazing job on our show here today, Front Office You Fridays. We are signing off until next week. We thank you all for tuning in and listening. We thank Patrick uh, for talking with all of us during today's show. And we will talk to you guys all again next week. Thanks, everybody. 